Welcome, friends, to a very, very hot Tanked Up. Uh, I think it's episode 378. I'm Ben, here with Adol. Hey, I'm back. Hey, you're returning, Adol. Hooray. Um, have you been sweltering up in the northeast like I have down here in Bristol? Uh, I think it's slightly better here, okay. but not by a lot. Um, okay, fair. Like low 20s. <gasps> oh, no, it's been, I think it's been nearly 30. Is that right, or am I just making that up? I mean, you could be right. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, it's yeah, currently 29. 20. Oh, okay. Ooh, it's probably a bit hotter today. Um, yeah. But it's put me right in the mood for some nice cold beers. Oh, no, I've been wrong. <laughs> it's been awful. Tomorrow's <laughs> supposed to be 28. Jesus, <laughs> fuck. Yes, yes. Similar here. Similar here. Um, so with, with that being said, I'm going to crack open a beer because I'm, I'm parched and hot and uh, a bit of a sweaty mess. Um, two beers. This evening, for your nice. return, the two beers. Um, uh, both of my beers come from the same main brewer, Left Handed Giant. Uh, they are both collaboration beers, however. The first one tonight is a collaboration with Pressure Drop. It's called No Sleep, and it's a New Zealand Pills. It's 5%. There is a bit of flavour text. Uh, brewed in collaboration with our good friends at Pressure Drop to celebrate our eighth birthday. A blend of classic lager malts provide a clean canvas for the refined character of Nelson. Pacific Jade. Uh, is it Y-E-T? And one that I can't read, Teheka, I guess. Uh, layers of peach and lime with hints of cracked pepper and bergamot sits atop a vibrant piquette-like smasher. Cool. Uh, so that's, yeah, a little bit of flavour text for it. As I said, it is 5%. I'm going to crack and I'm just going to start drinking. Nice. Whilst you, Adam, launch into what you're drinking. So I was at um, the station house the other day. Um mm-hmm. One of the local craft pubs. Actually, the one that got second place in the camera pub of the year oh, wow. uh, nice. competition. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Abbeydale um, Brewery in mm-hmm. Sheffield. Well, they've started this very interesting thing, which is sparkling hop water. Okay. It's their first prototype. It's prototype Nelson Sauvon. It's 0% alcohol by volume because it's not alcohol-free beer. It's water hop infused water water infused hops no what hop infused water so <laughs> let me read the flavor text uh it is plunge yourself into the hop water experience this is not beer this is the finest yorkshire water infused with our favorite hops lightly carbonated to create a refreshing relaxing soft drink or delicious mixer this version features nelson savant hops renowned for their clean crisp grape-like flavors given space to shine in their purest form no booze, no artificial flavoring, no carbs, no caffeine, sugar, just spritzy, zesty, mindful drinking. We'd love your feedback on this exciting pro- new project. And then, you know, blah. Um, so sure. it's 450 mils, 0% ABV, um, and a really intriguing um, entry into the hopped beverage space. Yeah, I think a few people have done some hopped water. Um, something that that cropped up a few weeks, maybe even a, a couple of months ago. Um, interesting. Ooh, uh, again, interesting that in their flavor text they say, uh, you know, it could be used as a as a bit of a mixer as well. I've never really thought about it in that kind of way, but almost the same as like Left Handed Giant produce and a few other kind of breweries. That that kind of the the blender, the thing mm. that you can mix with certain beers to to change up the way that it kind of tastes. Interesting and and a nice, I suppose at least for Abbeydale. Almost a bit of diversification, not a huge amount, but another product to offer, especially as more people seem to be going down the kind of alcohol-free 
route. Um, mm. But yeah, where where this lies in where what's the whatever white claw is? What is that as a as a drink? Oh, it's a seltzer. Um, so yes, hard seltzers and, and things like that. Interesting. We're getting a bit more diversification again. Yeah, it's really wild. We'll see how it goes. Good. But first, yeah. tell me about your beer. Um, pours very clean, very clear. A little bit of haze to it. Um, had a nice big frothy head on, which has dissipated quite nicely. Um, I'm a little bit bunged up, so I'm not going to be able to give very much on the nose because I've got nothing coming through. I can't get that. Um, that's probably going to taste the ch- change the taste very slightly as well. But when I'm sipping, I'm getting a little bit of the nose coming through. And it's nice. It's a lovely, very light beer. It's very clean. It's very refreshing. It's not a big flavour, though. Um, I think the flavour text said something about peach. Definitely getting mm. a little bit of that. But again, really, really light. And it's then got this... And edges towards that, that peppery finish. If I hadn't have read that this was a pills, I just said this might have been... A bit of a weaker saison, something like that. Just, just giving a little bit more than you get in kind of like a standard pills, while still giving you that kind of very clean, very refreshing hit of a of a lager. Um, but it's got those sort of spices to it. I'm not getting a huge amount of the bergamot, but that might come through as I as I drink more, and my palate kind of adjusts. But at the moment, it's very very soft stone fruits, leading into a yeah a, a peppery uh, finish to it but it's Mm. very very whilst it is refreshing it's very dry towards the end so it starts off nice and wet but it kicks in with that dryness as that peppery kind of flavor seeps in and it it, it kind of wants you to go back very very quickly because it dries you out very very quickly Mm. Mm. i think i'll return to it i'll see as my nose adjusts and I get a little bit more of the flavour through. Um, so we'll jump back to the to the Abbeydale. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you saw on the pour, it's like slightly yellowy. It's like an mm. off-white-ish. Like, it's not just a clear water. There's like the hops have obviously given it a slightly, yeah, yellowish tinge. Maybe just it's mm-hmm. more that it's slightly translucent, not fully transparent. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a bit of an orange lighting. But I think it, I think it's a bit of a yellow tinge. Um, it smells real crisp. Uh, it has a bit of a nose. Um, and you do smell sort of like um, a bit of green grape. Okay. And something else. There's a bit of a sweetness on top. Yeah, so green grape because it's a bit sweet smelling. Um, ooh. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of that green grape. Mm. It's really crisp. It's really refreshing. Oh, that's so interesting. It reminds me a bit of when I put a bit of lemon and lime in like a soda stream. Okay. Just because of that crisp feeling, although I'm not getting the citrus really that much. Um, but it's oh, this is really refreshing. This is what I should Good. have had like three hours ago when it was fucking sweltering. <laughs> Yeah, this is like enough taste to not just be sparkling water. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and a very it is its own thing unique thing for lack of better descriptors it's uh, yeah uh i hope they oh oh mm, there we go sorry let's read the ingredients water lemon juice hops calcium oh. sulfate which is gypsum and citric acid so that explains why it's giving me a bit of a lemony like reminding me of like when i lemon juice and lime juice up a soda stream it's it's literally got right. the same things in it um the citric acid is also probably giving it that crisp zestiness mm-hmm. does it, I, I can't remember what hops were um were in nelson savant right just nelson um yeah okay right yep um it's really good um it's gluten-free vegan zero sugar-free and zero carbs yeah it's water uh uh i yeah i really like this this is really refreshing i would so if this type of thing was around more regularly i would a thousand percent reach for it versus like a questionable alcohol-free beer Sure. Like I've had now. Now there are a few alcohol free beers which I'm like I don't mind this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want something slightly beery tasting, but often they sort of fail the beery tasting, and some of the better ones are just doing their own thing. Um, yep. There are like not get me wrong. Like this year because of my mild health scare, I actually put more effort into finding good good alcohol free beers, and I found them better than we did in January. Um, mm. But this is like. It's not faking a thing, right? So it, 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 it's just an interesting new thing that I can take on its own grounds. And it, like, because it's just trying to be flavored water, which is a mm-hmm. thing that I generally enjoy, hence owning a soda stream. Yeah. Um, this is great. I mean, hopefully it's not the same price as a beer in I was, was going to ask, how I much was remember. it? Okay. Because I bought it a couple pints in on the and like put it on the tab. I'll walk home with it in my back pocket. Um, sure. Actually, I wonder if I can figure this out. Um, but it's real refreshing. Good. Um, Good. I, I think, given that it's a prototype thing, it's worth like seeking out. Yeah, yeah. Um, It'd be interesting to know the the process of it. Um, you know, with a lot of alcohol-free. Um, I don't know with beer necessarily, and I imagine it's the same as it is with spirits. You have to take the alcohol out of the beer. Yeah. There's like an additional process. Whereas this is, it, it's got an infusion of hops. It, it has but, no brewing in it, right? It is yeah. just infused water. But what does that mean? Have they just dropped some hops in some water, soaked it so. for a bit, and then like... So hophideout.co.uk is currently selling a ten of this for buck ninety. Okay. It's about two quid. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah. I mean, which is like soft drink, right? Sure, but yeah, a little bit more than a soft drink, but you know, still nowhere near the price of a of a beer. Hmm. Registered view prices. Screw you. Nice. Good. Good. Yeah. Oh, okay. here at Calendar Drinks Company, it's a buck sixty. So yeah, between one looks like one sixty and one ninety. There's a couple places to have it for one ninety five. So cool. It's just depending on their markup, I guess. But like, yeah. that means I'm guessing it's like one one thirty, maybe if it's a low margin mm-hmm. cost. Nice, nice, cool. Good. 
Interesting. You could easily pound this back because it's just water. Yes. Yeah. Um, but what I like about it is there's enough flavor that I kind of want to nurse it. Like a big gulp doesn't change the way it's hitting my palate. Yeah. So actually, unless I really want them bubbles. Uh, also, I will say it's <laughs> lightly bubbled. Um, it's mm -hmm. not too, it's not boisterously effervescent uh, like the way I make my soda stream. It's like pretty calm, which means you can just sip it um, and treat it, you know. So like it's, it's by that, I mean, like as a soft drink, it's not like a can of Coke or a can of Sprite. It's like half that, if not less. Yes. Um, so yeah. it's not going to be hitting you in the face with bubbles. Cool. Nice. Nice. Uh, which I think is good because it lets your um, gives space for your palate to appreciate the the taste because again it's not like in your face it's not a fizzy drink yeah it's fizz adjacent yeah yeah nice um, I will say just to return to the um, left hand giant and pressure drop beer um, a couple of bigger swigs in I am getting that bergamot through mm. um it, it blends very nicely with that kind of initial peachy sort of flavor they, they match up very very well and then of course it leads into that that pepperiness quite nicely and i think mm. perhaps it was you know my first couple of sips it was there but the peach and the pepper were kind of quite stark against each other but actually you can see how it seeps in through that sort of more bergamot flavor that that, that, that comes in in this sort of middle ground um mm. I, the, the rest of the beer hasn't changed much. Um, it's just the that flavour has started to push through. Um, and I will show you the can because I absolutely love it. More so because um, it, it almost looks. You might not quite get it on this, oh, but the pretty... um, it, you know it's a it's a cool kind of design on the on the can. Yeah. Um, for these collaboration beers, they've they've stuck them. You know the the logos of the two breweries kind of in the centre. Whereas oh yeah, Left Handed Giant's new design puts everything at the bottom. You know, Left Handed Giant logo and the and the information, but it isn't. But it almost and on the shelf that central bit with the logos in mm. looked very very shiny it looked like it was almost a, a bit of a translucent kind of element to it giving a little bit of silver from the can underneath um, i don't know whether it is but it's a it's a nice little kind of just change to make the things on their pop and as soon as i saw you know looking across the shelf i saw left handed giant pressure drop and i instantly picked the beer up to look at what it was so mm. um you know a little bit of can art and, and and prestige of the brewers doing a lot um, with my um, purchases uh, earlier today. So we're going to start off with these beers. We're going to come to some more drinks a little bit later. You're going to get a two-drink episode today, um, which might fill in maybe for a, a potential lack of games or playing and things. But I wanted to check in with you first. I think you haven't been on for a few weeks. You've been mm. off on your on your travels in a way. Have you got yeah. up to much? Did you did you get some time to sort of play games with the family or whilst you were traveling or anything like that? Uh, no, it was a lot of outdoor time and right. then time with wee ones. Mm -hmm. um, so there was um, making Not a Nintendo out ones. of a cardboard box for a three-year-old. Nice. Uh, there was a tent in the living room using blankets and um, chairs. Um, All the classics. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was a thing I wanted to say. Now I've totally lost track of what it was. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's it's. I'm actually looking forward to after the next couple of weeks having some semblance of hopefully stability, employment, mm -hmm. and 
yes. time-wise to, to bring... I'm, I'm ready to come back into games is the big thing. I've been missing playing games and that type of decompression. This year's been kind of balls to the wall mm. um, for various reasons, and I uh, uh, my ADHD brain can decomp really well with something that's active, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. I've noticed I've really noticed the lack of that type of like decompression and and active relaxation. Okay. Um so I think my like eh, like to the point where I've even like I I've, I've been like pining for the days of streaming once a week where I was like forced <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, you mentioned think... it on the la- the last time you were on. So yeah. you'd started to think about that process a little bit more again. Yeah, exactly. It's been um a minute, but uh, long overdue. <laughs> um, I think you, you, you'll fall back into it quite... You know, uh, if you have the time to, of course, mm. um, fall back into it sort of quite quickly. And I, I think mean, you, yeah. You, you got to a point, especially with uh, uh, the weekly streams, the first looks that you were kind of doing, where um, actually I think sort of like the edits weren't too big of it it wasn't a big edit to do you weren't sort of cutting lots of bits together were you, oh, no, was you know, a lot of the time raw. it was the entire sort of uh, stream that you were you were putting up just as a, as a video format on youtube um so it's it's more the kind of i suppose headspace to be like and, and I, I found this over the past few weeks with the podcast um you know which is why the podcast itself didn't come out until like over a four-day period basically, for the last four episodes, because I just haven't had the time, but also haven't had the compunction to be like, cool, I'm sat at my computer, I'm throwing all of my brain power into all of the work that I'm doing, all of the managerial stuff that I'm doing with three, potentially nearly four employees now, because we've jumped up mm. again with another person, um, that it's it's taking so much that actually a very simple audio edit was just a little step too far. Right. And so I don't know what shifted in my brain to be like, this is a very different task. You can do a lot of this, as I used to do, in between a lot of my other tasks. So I'll be like, Mm. cool, I will type out an email. Perfect. I will load Lucy's audio into Audacity alongside mine. Great. I'll go back and type up another email. Cool. Let's come back. Let's do some light... Uh, 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 kind of noise edits and things like that on the, mm-hmm. the tracks. Great. Now I'll go back and do some work. Cool. And actually, not trying to bash it out in a 30-minute segment, but actually doing it over a day and doing small parts to it, almost as breaks from right. uh, from the work that I was kind of doing, just seems to fit a lot better um, that makes sense for, for my brain my brain space at the moment, which is very different to what it was six months ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's It's interesting how, how how adaptable humans are i suppose to things that actually you want to do and things that you want to kind of get out that you just the chef goblin said life finds a way mm. uh, so yes um good good have you have you kind of have you got anything kind of on the the cards or is there any games that are kind of have just come out or are coming out that you're thinking about that you might kind of want to to delve into or is it more of a get the next few weeks out of the way and then sort of be able to put an hour aside and think right what am i going to look at what am i going to actually do um 
I think so. Uh, I'm actually I'm a bit overdue for. Uh, we got a code for that um, cooking game. Dang it! What was it called? Um, oh yes, we did. Um, uh, Ven Venba. Let me Ven Venba. Venba. Yeah. Yeah. So Venba, I mean, it's hard. Like, it's a short narrative cooking game where he plays an Indian mom who immigrates to Canada with her family mm. in the 80s. Players will cook various dis dishes and restore lost recipes. Branching conversations explore the story about family love, loss, and more. I mean, first of all, art style looks great. It's by mm -hmm. Visaya Games, which is, I think, their first... Yes, yeah, their first and only thing, but they're Toronto-based. Uh, I mean, obviously, I have... Uh, more than just a like i have a bit of a historical vested interest slash like they might not be the same religious background but like and like my parents came to canada by way of east africa from east africa to mm. the uk to canada but the rest is going to be real similar right and mm -hmm. so uh, i was hoping to play a bit of it on like on the plane or whatever but i was just too exhausted on those flights sure so um that's like uh in this next week or so i'm hoping to put some time into it but i've got an upcoming job interview that's sort of yes uh taking up a bit more um of my mental headspace um and hopefully it will be the last one <laughs> um but yeah so you know it's it is what it is Fair. Um, Whilst we have a pause, yeah. uh, we have someone in the chats. Oh. Uh, hello, oh, Ghost Floof. Um, what is craft beer? Um, craft beer is like small. What is craft beer? For all of those that listen to the podcast uh, and, and follow us, um, craft beer is kind of like small batch beer. It's it's constant reimagining of recipes. It's not. Uh, like big brewery, uh, no, no, no uh, apologies for bluntness. Not at all. Not at all. Um, it's it, it it and you you mentioned beer made recently. Not necessarily true, but it is quite quick in its sort of its shelf life. You know, you usually get sort of like six months on a lot of these beers, um, unless they're bigger beers like stouts and porters and those kinds of things. Um, but your things like your macro brewed beers like Budweiser. Um, big one like Carling here in the UK and those kinds of things um, that has the same recipe every single time uh, craft beer and uh, and stuff like this so I'm drinking Left Hand of Giant uh, collaboration with Pressure Drop Brewery um, both craft breweries that beer will probably never ever be brewed again there is a run of 10,000 cans and that is it once it's, once it's been purchased it's, it, it is gone basically yeah. uh, they might iterate on the recipe potentially at some point you know changing out some of the ingredients maybe or changing quantities of things to brew it at a, a future date but that is essentially i think at least in a very non-definitive um kind of non-definition non kind of way i suppose because uh, there's lots of stuff so uh, adel is drinking um a sparkling water basically, but brewed, not brewed, not brewed, yeah. made by a craft beer brewery, mm -hmm. but it's just water filled with hops. So is it in the craft beer space? It is, Ooh, but it's it definitely... kind of 
Yeah. I mean, so I think it's in the craft space, right? So, so I mean, Mm. the craft space is basically this idea of people trying to innovate and uh, make either the best or the odd compilations of recipes of known beer, right? The idea is to develop the craft. And so because of that, um, you rarely have the same runs of beer unless it's like, so a lot of breweries will have like their staple couple beers. Like this is our IPA. It sells really well. It's a thing we can send um, to bars and they know what they're getting. But then we also do all these like small run, uh, like like the um, collaboration you're speaking of, um, interesting beers. And so craft beer enthusiasts tend to seek out those interesting beers and try them when they can because they might never happen again. And also like, when you can kind of get a vibe of the the brewer when you have enough of their you can feel them the way they iterate the way they improve the way they shift it's like you can have a very interesting relationship with a brewery because you can see kind of the space they're headed in and sometimes you're like oh i don't like the way day has been over the past couple of years even though i've loved them for a decade maybe i won't grab one for a while but you know it's also interesting and it means it's not stagnant and it like mm-hmm. Craft beer um, fans like the fact that it's not the same beer, even if it's the best beer you've ever had. Like a lot of that ends up being contextual. Maybe it was the right day. Maybe it was a good. It was on tap. Whatever. But like the point is, we you don't get attached to a specific recipe often, right? So yep. you you get attached to a brewery because what they do is really interesting. And when you have this like phenomenal beer, you're like, cool. What are they doing next? Versus the average person like has their favorite beer and they go to the pub or they go to the store and they buy their six pack and they get the beer they want. And it's always the same. And like your Heineken's, your Carling's, they put a lot of effort into obviously because water and other ingredients actually do have flux and like the hop crop might be different. But what they're trying to do is instead of allowing the, the difference in season and soil and water content and, you know, um, whatever to influence the recipe they they do the opposite they try and figure out okay given our ingredients this time around how do we make sure that it gets as close to what everyone's expecting as possible right and so it's the it's the it's the same thing right i mean ingredients are not monotextual right like they contextually they they differ over time but it's whether you want to cut that difference or like embrace it and see what else you can do absolutely and as you as you say goes through um i I didn't realize that pepsi and coke had the same recipe, but it's just different equipment. Uh, equipment makes a big difference as well. Um, and you'll find that breweries that do collaborations together will go to one and brew a beer, and they might go to the other place, brew exactly the same beer, and it will be different as well. Um, so yes, yeah, and thank you very much for joining us this evening. I see you, yeah, hello from South Africa slash Japan. You're a, you're a very long person if you're in both mm-hmm. of those locations at the same time. Um, but yes, um, we were launching in a little bit to video games. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of not necessarily anything we've actually played in the past uh, week, um, but more what you were looking forward to uh, coming up. Um, did you, because you weren't on the episode a few weeks ago when Lucy and I talked about Gamescom. Um, no. Did you see much of it? Is there anything from Gamescom, just as a quick catch-up that you've kind of noticed, or anything new coming out that you're like, that is a, a, a kind of a, an instant pickup? Um, no, I I think in the past couple of years I've kind of stopped paying attention to the gaming news cycle, despite mm. hosting a video game podcast, just because I can't keep up and like the the hype cycle 
often gets me into pre-ordering or buying a game when I don't have the time. Um, like I pre-order or I bought Elden Ring day one, but if I bought it day five, it wouldn't have meant much, and I would have bought it day five sure. given all the great reviews, right? Um, and I just like my life has been too variant on how much time I put into games, and so it's kind of nice mm. to just like. Oh, now that I have time for a game, let me see what people like. Now that's out. Oh, that game. Mm-hmm. That sounds super cool. I didn't know it existed. Um, outside of things like I, for the website for review purposes, um, and obviously things like, oh man, my brain almost blank. Starfield. Like uh, it's on Game Pass. I'll probably like. I'm hoping once my this job interview crap is over, I might renew my Game Pass because I let it lapse while I was traveling and everything, and mm. maybe give Starfield a, a, a crack because that seems like I've missed. Uh, I've noticed after watching the latest seasons of um, Lower Decks, Star Trek Lower Decks, it's like, oh man, I would love to play a, a spacey game. Uh, I haven't played one in ages. Oh look, one of the most hyped ones is coming out. It's on Game Pass. Great. Why do I need to watch GamesCon? I can just open up Game Pass and be like, there's a game I want to play. It's yeah, part of the three yeah. things. Absolutely. So, sort of where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's kind of, um, also, as, as GoFlu says, it's no longer about what people like, it's about what your PC can handle. I think it's also about what's available on lots of the streaming and subscription services that people have as well. Um, I have put about an hour this week into Sea of Stars, which is a new um, pixel art uh, I think it's more of a JRPG. Um, it's kind of in the vein more of like um, oh, I was going to say Breath of the Wild, but it ain't Breath of the Wild, was it? Breath of Fire, uh, more so mm. than so like Final Fantasy. Um, so it's 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 good so far. Uh, what I find interesting is that it's a prequel to The Messenger, a game from several years ago, which is a, a 2D side-scrolling. Uh, is it a Metroidvania or is it just an action game? Um, I don't remember. But that game changed its art style across from kind of 8-bit to 16-bit as you play. And whilst Sea of Stars hasn't presented anything like that uh, yet, um, I'm only an hour in. And mm. I think so far, I'm like, cool, this is this is good. But I don't think I would have played it had it not have been a PlayStation Plus Extra Game, right. which is the tier that I have availability to to, to pick games. Wait, up is that from. so? Is that the middle one? It is the middle one. Yes, yeah. the one that's going up in price, and this is maybe something I want to talk about a bit later. Um, PlayStation Plus's price increases. Um, mm. I think it's going up from eighty pounds a year to like a hundred and uh, to to a hundred to a flat hundred pounds, essentially. Uh, about twenty five percent rise. Um, of we'll talk about that maybe in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I I can't talk much to Sea of Stars at the moment, um, rather than um, being able to kind of really get into you know I, I'm both of us are big kind of uh, uh, early JRPG fans enough that there's lots of comparisons that could be made and and things as I kind of play through. Um, but what I've got so far is is about an hour of a very accessible um, game. Doesn't hold your hand too much, but it's quite slow to get going, I would say. Uh, so more to report on potentially next week on uh, on Sea of Stars. Um, apart from that, and I think this is probably going to be a shorter episode on the things that we played and maybe more in leaning into the 
a topic for mm. uh, 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 the second half of the episode. Yeah. Um, I have spent a little bit more time in the big space game, uh, No Man's Sky. Um, oh, No Man's Sky. Yeah, the Nomansky. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering and, if when I start the other game, I would just be like, ah, maybe I should just play yeah, yeah. <laughs> It sounds very much from what people have said, the things that I have listened to, that it is very similar to No Man's Sky, but it is a, it's basically Bethesda's take on it, right? It has mm. the trappings of uh, a, a Fallout game. Um, it, it's got kind of the push of the... The story a little bit, and maybe a little bit more kind of discoverability and more structured kinds of uh, um, discoverability for things like side missions and and that sort of stuff. Whereas No Man's Sky is a little bit more floaty. Stuff kind of just appears as you're kind of playing through it. Um, so uh, it's something that I keep going. Oh, I've got ten minutes. And it goes, there's an update for No Man's Sky. And I go, oh, fine, install the update. I'll just play Sea of Stars for uh, for 10 minutes. Um, mm. One of the reasons why I started Sea of Stars because that was a big uh, No Man's Sky um, update, actually. Um, but it's, it's, it's holding me. It's holding me much more than it did when I originally played it. I'm not sure if I mentioned that last week. I, I vamped for five minutes whilst Lucy was off air uh, in, in last week's episode about No Man's Sky. And uh, I've, I've basically been going around cataloging stuff, looking at planets. And mm. I'm like, cool, I've done that. I've experienced that for a little bit. Let's jump back into like the main story and start to progress with that uh, a little bit for No Man's Sky now. So, mm. um, yeah, it, it, it's holding me. It's holding me a lot more than it previously did. Um, I don't know whether it would hold me more than Starfield. And I know that, um, and we talked about a, a, a while back, that... Um, City Skylines 2 is coming out on Game Pass, uh, I think when it releases in October, and I'm like, cool, I'll just pick up Game Pass for like September to play a bit of Starfield, and October mm. to play City Skylines 2, but, and I know what would happen, and it would be the same as it happened with Crusader Kings 3, I will just want to play that. So yeah. City Skylines 2 comes out, and I'm like, oh, I've got to just pay for another month. Because I just want to play City Skylines. And actually, I'll spend more on a subscription to Game Pass playing one game than I will if I probably just buy City Skylines 2. And I'm not invested enough in Starfield to, to actually take the plunge. Um, mm. And I know it's probably one of the biggest releases this year, if not the biggest. Uh, but I just, I don't know, just nothing is compelling me to be in that space. I mean, yeah, I get that because I'm I'm basically in the space of like um, I kind of want to play a space game. This is a big yeah. space game that's out. I'll try it out. It's worth me getting Game Pass again because there's a couple games I didn't like that I've in the queue that I didn't get around to that I'm still they're still on Game Pass. But it's not like I'm like, oh my god, I'm so hyped for this space game. It's like, oh, I'd like to play a space game. This one is a space game. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know, it feels weird. I don't know if I'm just getting too old for hype. Because, <laughs> like, I think back to when Skyrim came up and, like, the hype was huge. Uh, and mm. then, the and like, I picked it up and then, like, took ages to get around to playing it because I was busy. But, like, I had to have it or whatever. And it only got bigger 
um, in that sense, because you know every everything kept getting re-released and remastered and then re-remastered, <laughs> etc. And this one, it's just like, I don't know. It sounds like a game. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like me being more jaded about hype, or just the hype isn't the same or there. At the time as well, right? You know, the the, the amount of effort and time that we used to put into watching E3 when E3 happens. You know, go back five years and we were doing videos pre-every single conference to say, this is what we're looking forward to. It would be crazy if this happened, what we want from it. And then doing like almost debriefs of them and being like, I'm so glad that they showed this and having discussions around the podcast. We don't do that a huge amount anymore. Hmm. Um, you know, we don't sit and we, we have like a brief 10 minute conversation about what's happened at Gamescom because we've watched a little bit of stuff that kind of come out um yeah. I, I don't know whether it's just we've 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 moved on a little bit from that that kind of cool games 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 to now being like oh, jobs mm. jobs 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 kids 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 oh games oh yeah oh yeah oh, they're, they're, yes I, I, I rather than looking at stuff i just spend my time actually playing one <laughs> instead because i've got a 10 minute window to do something for myself brilliant yeah exactly uh, yeah yeah cool um I think it's a good point because um, we've run out of games to talk about that we've played to mm. maybe open another drink. Drinky drink. Um, so I'm going to open up another beer. Um, it is, as I said at the top of the show, uh, another left-handed giant uh, collaboration beer. This is with Gamma Brewing, um, which you can just see. I need to get a ring light instead of my... I don't. Because I no, use no. this for drawing, and that's exactly what I need. Um, this is called Peaceful Noise. It's a hazy IPA at 6.5%. Little bits of flavor text. Brewed in collaboration with our good friends Gamma Brewing Co. We've incorporated Zappa, Vic Secret, Simcoe, and Citra into an orangey tropical fruit bomb. Oh, I love a fruit bomb. Um, that's it. It's a very, very limited uh, flavor text. So I will crack this. Um, Adel, I notice you've got a little bit of the yeah, sparkling water. I can, I can pop water swap over. Um, what are you going to be drinking next? Oh, so so I've I've done a thing, which is uh, unfortunately at um, uh, the Holy Grail they had a beer on tap that my friend Joel was really hyped for me to get. Uh, but they, by the time we got there a couple days later, it had been taken off the tap because it was too viscous oh, wow, for okay. the, the lines. Um, it is Vault City's five years of uh, sour beer release number four. Mm. It is 999 gram per liter apricot and raspberry birthday cake. It is 6.4%. So not okay. that big, uh, but it is. City. It is just. I mean, nine hundred ninety-nine grams per liter. It is like thick, is for what I understand. Uh, so it's water, malted barley, oats, apricot, raspberry, uh, white chocolate, vanilla, hops, yeast. Um, shit and lactose. Stupid vegan. Um, <laughs> Did you uh, so you to celebrate there? five? Sorry. Did you look at the ingredients before you brought the beer? No, I, I thought, well, it's a sour. It's not, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, to celebrate five years of sour beer, we brewed something extra special, a style that put this brewery on the map. 
And 999 gram per liter apricot raspberry birthday cake showcases the essence of what we do at Vault City. A delicately, delicately sour mixed fermentation beer with a ridiculous fruiting rate of 999 grams per liter. The legal limit of what we can use while still calling it a beer. The intense smoothie sour is a fifth of its kind from Vault City. It's thick, juicy, and totally unforgettable. So I figured I would go on either end of the not beer beer spectrum. They're like... This has beer ingredients, but isn't brewed. And then this is on the verge of not being legally beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that's the theme of today. Nice, um, nice. Let's let's see this. But whoa, look at that. That is. That's that's oh not even. Oh man, I wish that's you could... like the thickest of juices, isn't it? It's a lovely uh, for those of you on the audio podcast, it's worth looking for. We'll try and cut a clip or something and put it on Twitter. That is. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's all in your beard. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. Give me yes. Give me a second. I'm going to grab a towel. I'll give, you, I'll give you a second. I'll give you a second. Uh, thank you, Ghost Floof, for the, uh, for the follow over on Twitch as well. Uh, if you like... Lots of our listeners want to listen to previous episodes. You can go onto the Out of Lives Network YouTube page to look at uh, nearly 400 episodes of this absolutely absurd thing. That oh, we do. God, it's still going. Um, <laughs> it's all coming out of his glass as well. Um, or subscribe to us on your Shit. podcast service of choice. Um, whilst he is off, I will, I, I will put my beer up to the camera. Um, I just vacuumed the goddamn carpet. <laughs> um. We go. There's my beer. Um, it's a bit hazy. It said it was a hazy IPA. Um, it's got a nice nose. I, I I had it as soon as the can cracked. A little bit of a, a, a fruit kind of hit. Didn't get so much of the orange on the nose, but maybe more sort of mango coming out of the um, of the nose. But uh, a lot less head than the the first beer, the pills. Um, interestingly. Well, it's a little bit, a little bit thicker, maybe a little bit more medium body than the uh, than the pills, which was which was very light. Um, Flavour wise, though, it's really nice. It kind of, it is tropical. You get maybe more ripe mango, maybe just like on the turn kind of mango, but there is that orange in there. Behind it all as well, a little bit of sweetness uh, um, from an orange in there, but that kind of on the turn mango is is pushing that more modern uh, um, kind of almost double IPA juice bomb kind of uh, right. uh, not juice bomb actually, and, and as they say, actually fruit bomb is probably a better way of now describing the kind of beers that we are that we are getting. With a slightly more earthy bitterness and finish to it. Um, those of you listening, I will stop talking because Adler's disappeared out of the room now to get more things to clean up the spill of the Vault City. Uh, as he said, potentially was taken off the lines because of how viscous the beer was. Uh, interesting to see how thick it was when he poured it. And knowing and having worked in bars and line cleaning lots, how difficult slightly thicker things are to sort out. Um, 
So yes, there's a, a little bit of a clean, but at least you got a first sip. Quite. Yeah. Quickly. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, How is it? Vamping. How is the beer? How is the beer? Uh, so let's just look at it. It was. It's thick. The head. Trying to show how viscid it was, I kind of um, continued pouring before thinking how much it might build up the head. The head is like three inches thick and hasn't moved during the entire cleanup. And solid. Like, Absolutely yeah. solid. Um, it Expect nothing like less cake. from Vault City. Yeah, it smells like stone fruit raspberry cake. Mm. Um, my brief inhalation of some head to prevent more spillage. Um Seem to have uh, confirmed that, but let's take a, a attempt to drink through this three fingers of head. <laughs> when you when you have a moment, return. Um, remind me, was this? Uh, there was a number associated with this. Was it, was it batch four? Was nine. It, uh, sorry, the other, the smaller number. You said like oh. the number four or something. Was it batch four? Was it like birthday oh, yeah, beer sorry. four? It's, was uh, it? It's release four. So I think they release four. They have multiple right. releases for their five year anniversary, and this is their. Yeah. Release for uh, apricot raspberry birthday cake, which has so much um, stuff in it, it's almost legally not beer. Yep. Um, which, oh God, I, don't, I wish you could see. Just look at the like sediment. Mm. On Just the glass. Like the, the, the glass. It looks like fruit juice pulp, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's something that you get, like, say, with more tomato juice. That it actually leaves a bunch of sediment around the yeah. glass, kind of as you're as you're drinking it. Yeah. Um, good lord! I see what this jammed the taps. It is so thick. Mm. Oh, I was a little worried with that much fruit, and like it's a cake, All right? So for yep. those of you who don't know, Vault City, um, their sours are amazing because when they call it a thing it really does taste like the thing so one of the first ones we had was the like lemon blueberry uh cheesecake cheesecake yeah yeah and that thing tasted like a lemon blueberry cheesecake right they they balance the acidity they use the um sourness and the um uh yeast uh to bring out an acidic taste to off balance the sweetness that the fruit gives that usually gets that isn't fully eaten off by the yeast and you get the same taste as the fruit. Like the, they are just so good at finding that acid sweet balance. That is the way the fruit would taste or, or mm -hmm. the thing. <coughs> good Lord. Sorry. It's like I drank a real pulp, real pulpy juice. This is kind of wild. Um, and so I was a little worried because I don't want, like the cake ones tend to be, on the border for me. Mm -hmm. Well, this is so loaded with fruit that this is like, um, it's like when someone makes like a light sponge cake, but like overindulges with the amount of fruit. So it's kind of just like a light wrapper around sort of slightly too sweet because of the way it's cooked um, fruit. So you're like the, the, the cake part is, is, is in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what it tastes like. Like <clears throat> someone made a very fruited sponge cake with, with raspberries and apricots. And you're just like, oh, God, this is like intense fruit because it's cooked and it's a bit syrupy. Uh, but it's not like, oh, here's a super sweet cake and also fruit. Yeah. I'm not a baker. I don't know how to 
all I can get is light sponge cake. So, you know, go to Tinned Up. I don't know. Cake Tinned Up. I don't know what our sister podcast would be with, with, with baking. Bake stuff, uh, I suppose. Yeah, Baked Up's a different podcast. I think, well, I mean, we can do both at the same time, but, you know. It's... Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, one, don't be intimidated by the 999 grams. Mm-hmm. It's really well balanced. It doesn't taste too sweet. It is intense, but not in the like ah salt on your senses. Just like this is real fucking viscous, uh, but it tastes like what I want these things to taste like. This is not normally like I don't normally like super cakey, donuty, all, all those um, not gimmicks, but like those approaches to craft beer. I usually mm-hmm. am like I'll try it, but I'm not like seeking them out. This is really good. The fruit comes out first. Uh, the viscosity is a bit weird to me. I like that it's only six point four percent in this viscous. That's wild to me, okay. um, because that means you could you can have it safely and just be like, I can drink this like a juice if I only have one, right? Yep. Um, it lingers like all hell. Um, what I like is it lingers for multiple reasons. It's just a long, longish finish, but also literally because it's so viscous. Like if I move my tongue around my mouth, I can like catch parts of it that have just been clinging to my cheeks. If that makes sense, like it's just yep. like having a super pulpy, or like just a really freshly squeezed juice on the street somewhere where someone's just like no no filter, just like and you throw it back and you're like oh there's all this stuff <laughs> um, in a good way. Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it. It's really really interesting i'm kind of curious whether they needed it to be 999 gram per liter to get this taste profile like without the like i know obviously what they were aiming for was this sort of pulpy concentrated viscous syrupy drinking cake thing but i'm curious whether they could get the same taste of like a very lighter more beery experience Mm. um just out, out of curiosity whether like this taste like whether the thickness and like jammed full of fruit is needed to keep that like fruit from being overtaken from the cake from the sweetness mm-hmm. from the you know to get the right level of acidity to give it more of a freshly juiced but still somehow tasting like an apricot cake experience yeah yeah i mean vault city are like magicians yeah. so it would be interesting to know maybe we'll we'll Send Andy, um, if he's still there, to be fair, I haven't mm. to, to, to Andy for a little while. Uh, um, but we'll, we'll give them a shout and, and ask them. Essentially, we can just say, hey, did you need this much in there? Like, what effect would having 80 in there have, have have made? Or even sort of like, what would you normally put in? Um, you know, for you to put the, 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 the number on the front of the tin to tell us how much that you've put in there, what would you normally put it um to see why you've felt you know that this needs to be conveyed to people is it more a is it less of a tasting and more of a viscosity and a mouthfeel kind of thing you know, yeah we'll, we'll we'll follow up maybe with Vultsy. i'll send them a send them a quick email when i've got five minutes perhaps um just to yeah just to see good. just to see uh, and follow up on it in the coming weeks um Cool. So we're going to drink these, and we'll move on to our topic, I suppose, for the for the week. Um, I wanted to chat the recent price increases um, for PlayStation Plus. 
not mm. only because I'm not, I'm not cross, I'm not upset. I, you know, I can understand there's a, a rising cost to everything at the mm. moment, um, but more in the vein of this. Again, I suppose not necessarily direct comparison to what people get with Game Pass, but it brings it more in line, I think, with the costs that now Game Pass kind of have. And if perhaps mm-hmm. the idea that this cost has gone up is maybe because Sony have bigger overheads and all that sort of stuff, rather than an improvement to the service or increased benefits and stuff which have yet to be conveyed... Um, mm. It is just pay us more money for more thing, and in the context of PlayStation being the platform holder, but the publisher pushing for that higher price tag for new games as well. You no, know, mm. everything going from uh, uh, kind of the you know, I'll use dollars from that fifty dollar to that seventy dollar mark, and over here in the UK, that kind of like forty five pounds, fifty pounds up to that kind of like sixty pound mark. Yeah. For, for, for new games um uh, an, an idea our playstation just fucking pushing their luck like we've got you know playstation 5 is is quickly becoming as or and if it stays on the same track as popular as like playstation 2 are we you know with a little bit of hubris and we all said it when playstation 5 kind of released and stuff a little bit of hubris is this actually the playstation 3 all over again lower numbers and that sort of stuff but doesn't seem to be our playstation getting that little bit cocky now and sort of uh, uh pushing pushing everybody that little bit more to be able to charge some um mm. I, I don't know what you've seen of this at all um to to sort of know what those kind of price increases were um but as i said uh, my um extra tier uh was i think it was 80 pounds a year, uh, which has mm. now gone up to ninety nine pounds. Um, the it's I think the, it is the bigger one. I think is the essential, where basically you can play online, and you get like the three or four games every month. That used to be like just what PlayStation Plus was right before they expanded it into these into these tier sections, which used to be I think forty pounds a year, and is now fifty pounds. Uh, no, sorry, that's wrong. It's now sixty pounds a year. Mm. Um, so, like a thirty percent. Uh, maybe it wasn't quite forty. Maybe it's a little bit more than that. Um, but it it it's kind of, and I suppose not a direct comparison to Game Pass because you can't buy Game Pass as a yearly subscription. You have to pay it in a in a monthly kind of thing. So at least with PS Plus, still you're getting a bit of a discount if you buy it as a twelve month bulk. You know, ninety nine pounds a year is like what eight quid, eight pound thirty ish a month, and it's actually ten ninety nine when you pay for it as an individual kind of month. But right. if we take premium, the highest tier, so everything that you can get under the PlayStation Plus banner, one hundred and twenty quid a month. And uh, what's that? One hundred twenty five. It's almost almost ten pounds. Nine pounds ninety nine nine recurring per right. month, essentially. Um, Game Pass at its highest tier in Ultimate. And again, this might not be a direct comparison. That's twelve ninety nine a month. I hadn't realised Game Pass was quite that expensive. 
1299? 12.99, yeah. That's ultimate or regular? That's that's ultimate. It's ultimate. That's with um, the streaming, right? Yes. Uh, is that with streaming? I don't know whether that changes, actually. Whether streaming is just available in all. Oh, um, no. So, so, so I know this because when I got my uh, Steam Deck, yeah. um, I looked up how to make streaming work on Game Pass. Hmm. Game Pass streaming. And you need Ultimate in order to stream that extra library. Right, okay. Of games to, to the Steam Deck, which apparently, from what I've read, um, works real well. Um, sure. Because, of course, all it needs to do is process the stream with low latency. So if you're in the next one, you know, all, all that crap we've talked about. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. So Game Pass, uh, why why does it, why can't you just, sorry, I'm just annoyed that the um, Xbox isn't, like the actual Xbox website isn't the one that comes up first. It's like, <laughs> is this out of date? Yeah. They've got the, how um, does Microsoft have bad SEO? What annoys um, what yeah, annoys so me is Pete, with both with both uh, Game Pass and with PlayStation Plus, hmm. um, it gives you discover your favorite games, play high quality games. Here are all of the things. Play these games. Do the things. Here is what you get. Everything. There's games for everybody. There's some stuff. Here's some things. Play from the cloud. Play some experiences. Now we'll tell you the price. It's yeah. like no. Put the fucking price at the top. Same with PlayStation Plus. Here's all of the things. Here's PlayStation Stars. Here's what you get with Extra. Here's what you get with, 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 yeah. with Premium. I mean, At least they give you a, the, the comparison instantly between the tiers on, on PlayStation. You yeah. do still have to scroll to the bottom of the page to actually see what the cost of all of these things are. Mm. So PC-only Game Pass mm-hmm. is seven ninety nine. Yep. Which includes discounts, new games... Hundreds of high quality games, uh, Xbox Studios same day release, Riot Games benefits because that's a thing that people care about. Yep, um, EA Play as well. Yeah, uh, yes, EA Play. Um, Ultimate is the exact same set of things. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five. Wait. Uh, uh, it's free perks, including Except, in-game content and partner offers. Right, so there's the free perks, but if you look, it's play hundreds of high-quality games on PC, console, PC, and cloud. And cloud. Yeah. And the cloud is so like you can do eight ninety nine for just your Xbox, seven ninety nine for just your PC. If you want both, you're going ultimate, um, and if you want cloud, you're going ultimate. Mm. Um, and so all uh, there's a huge chunk of the Xbox library which is streaming um you stream the the game you don't download and install it yep um what that means though is a lot of those are xbox games and it might not have been released on pc for example but you can stream it on pc um mm. which is really cool and like if you have a steam deck it's, it's it's a nice bargain yep but the 12.99 is the ultimate so if you aren't doing cloud crap you can do actually the cheapest x games pass is 7.99 on pc only um, which is still a lot, um, but uh, for example, if you do the point catching things, it's a third of the price, right, or something like that. Bless you. Like it's a lot easier to get enough PC or you know Microsoft reward points to get the PC pass than it is the ultimate. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and the so there's a bit of a difference as well in the kind of the rewards program in that to get rewards for games that you play, 
and there's there's different quests every month and stuff through the rewards program in um or on on Xbox Game Pass. Mm. You have to be an Ultimate subscriber to get that, so you have more oh, yeah, opportunities it's... to earn points. But yeah. I don't think it stacks up quite as quickly. Like the points that you can earn under Ultimate don't get you to twelve ninety nine in the same percentage that the, 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 just doing the PC stuff would get you to seven ninety nine on. Oh, yeah. um, but I think you're right. It's the it's the, it's the cloud element which kind of elevates this and playstation do the same right so the playstation plus premium tier um is the only one that you can cloud stream on but there's a key difference that is cloud streaming on playstation consoles only that is not cloud streaming on pc Mm. it is not cool i can have a pc i don't i don't own an xbox and i had game pass for months and I was playing mm. everything on PC. I was streaming games on PC. I was playing the library that they had, new games that came out, you know, stuff like the amount of Crusader Kings 3 I played through Game Pass. And that was when I was just only paying for the uh, the $7.99, which might not have been $7.99 at the time, uh, only paying for that, that kind of PC-only monthly subscription. Mm. And still just doing the Microsoft Rewards points and kind of probably paying for one month out of every three, I think, is roughly mm. what it worked out as, the amount of points that I could kind of save. When I jumped up to the Ultimate tier, I was almost paying every other month for Ultimate. It was it probably moved more uh, to I was paying for two months out of every five or something like that right. that it kind of stacked out as. But being able to play everything on PC was a big win. Like, yeah. you just cannot do that with PlayStation, essentially. And whilst the 12 month subscription for Premium, which has the cloud streaming, mm-hmm. uh, is £120, so it's £10 a month and it's cheaper than Game Pass, I can't pay anything. I can't play anything on PC. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, in, it just cannot be done. So, I would, uh, my hope is that PlayStation around the bend are about to say, you can start here. Here is our PlayStation app, our, our, and again, it's only the remote play app, right, on PC. Mm. So you can only remote play from your console. It's not a game on PC. You're not right. logging in to, in some way, a Steam download because obviously PlayStation started putting a lot of their games on Steam. Um, yeah. It's also not day and date first party uh, releases, mm-hmm. and obviously we're seeing that now with Starfield. The, the amount of people I would imagine playing Starfield through Game Pass will be massive. Yeah. And people going and paying your $8.99 to play, uh, to play Starfield on PC uh, just for that kind of, that singular month. And there will be more games, I think, that draw people to Game Pass than there currently mm-hmm. are under the, under the PlayStation tier. Um, and uh, there was a lot of vitriol and a lot of people kind of saying, I'm cancelling my PlayStation subscription because they put the price up kind of this much. Yeah. Um, yeah as someone who subscribes to PlayStation Plus and, and previously subscribed to kind of Game Pass, I still think it's within the budget of things I have for a gaming service. I don't think it's now out of the realm of possibility that extra £20 on a, on a yearly kind of subscription for £100 uh, for me not to cover but for you Adol who who has had these services before but doesn't kind of currently mm-hmm. does this price increase 
kind of touch the sides for you? Is it is it something that you would even you know if you were like cool? I've now got a PlayStation for some reason. I'm I mean, now PlayStation for... Four. I haven't turned the fucking thing on in over a year. Sure. Yeah. Right. I think that's the um, the big thing is uh, I saw the the last game I played was Final Fantasy VII Remastered. Didn't finish it. Realized I wanted to restart it. Bought it at close to retail on PC because I was like, I'll just sell this for twenty quid or ten quid or whatever it was on eBay and not have a like. I have my PS4 because I won't have had time to sell it. I'm not going to get a lot of money. And I have Bloodborne. And I've been meaning to... Yeah. One thing that, like, um, thingy, Eldering um, made me realize is I kind of do want to play the other Dark Souls games. I have one through three at either original or remastered on Steam. Uh, Bloodborne is only available on PS4. Yes. I think I'll get maybe... What, like 30 quid for a ps4 used right yeah yeah so it's like okay well until i until i make peace with the fact that i'll never play bloodborne <laughs> i might as well leave it on my shelf right but like it's now kind of, i don't have I, I i haven't had ps plus for for a couple years now that whole library of games because it's locked away unless you pay it's just disappeared i own games on on playstation don't get me wrong but like there none that I like really really want to play that I couldn't to be honest pay three quid probably and get it on PC. Mm. Uh, that's mm. kind of where I'm at. Is like yes, I know I'm like giving up a library, and this is one of the things I don't like about these ecosystems. Is like I own, a, a, you know, tens of games. You know, maybe not a hundred, possibly a hundred games on P- PlayStation, Sony stuff, right? But I'm none of them. Reacquire are re- not or like I don't want to rebuy a game, but I'd rather do that than have another ecosystem to worry about and like them raising the prices and having like to be honest, I I think I might have like thought about a PS5 or something because like my PC is not that great and like some of these games that are coming out, I wouldn't mind something with more oomph. Mm. But like when PlayStation was like, hey, what if three tiers? It's like, nope. <laughs> And now the three tiers are more expensive. It's like, uh, I just, there is something about the simplicity. Like if Netflix had, like when they were thinking about doing like, oh, what if we charged you less because you had to watch ads? And it's like, no. But also I don't want to spend twice as much to have the service without ads. That's bullshit, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like this stratifying to see how much you can extract from people approach. And like, I... No, I said I'm coming on to a notion of like playing video games more often or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, oh, I got such a backlog. I'd also not caring about the zeitgeist. I mean, I am to an extent. Like, I wouldn't mind playing something people say are great, and I do like pretty game. But also, a lot of pretty game is like new, low-fi art, not like ray tracing up the wazoo type games, right? Like. Yeah, there are some really pretty games that don't need huge hardware. This PC will be fine for another couple of years. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like, and, and, unless you're if anything, looking... this makes me less likely to attach, reattach myself to the play. Mm. Like, I think it, for people like me, this is actually going to do the opposite. It's going to. It's not. It's not because I'm not fully locked into the ecosystem. It's just disincentivizing myself from going back. Sure. 
And uh, what would then bring you back, if if anything? Um, hardware that, like, let's be honest, these are just PCs at some point, right? Mm. So hardware that is affordable, that uh, to the end, like, that will last long enough that it makes sense to not upgrade my PC instead. Mm. Which has happened before, right? That's why I bought a PlayStation 4, right? Um, but, like... I use PCs. I used to work in IT. I have no problem with the fiddling. I also think that the yes, like PC gaming is so much more fiddly thing is just not really the case. Like, oh yeah, you're right. I have to tell it. Like, you don't even have to tell it. it the the like guesstimation of oh you're a medium. If you want, you could just play it on the rec whatever it, the algorithm of the game decides to do. But if you want to push its performance because you want it, you don't mind lower frame rate and prettier pictures, you can do that. Great flexibility, but you don't have to. And like these things almost always have multiple modes. So if it is kind of lagging, just dump it down. I don't care enough about the prettiest picture to for that to matter. Um, yeah. And so yeah. with those things, it's like, I was for the longest time not a console gamer and it was like playing with friends, right? Like I played a bunch of PS4 when we both had time to play like mm -hmm. Battlefield 1 together. Yes. Yes. Um, that was not yesterday, right? <laughs> uh, and it's like, well, unless there's a reason to be seven on that platform. Seven years hmm? ago. That was seven yeah. years ago. That's wild. I'm not that I know. That's fucking nuts. Uh, <laughs> to dust, which doesn't make sense, but tells you how things are. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, uh... Um, so basically, like, it's the ecosystem needs to give me a reason and it's not yep. going to be some game i don't think because we're just not at that place where the exclusives are exclusive for that long i don't need to have it right away uh the spider-man games mm. as, as was said in the chat like might have high um rec specs but they come out on different systems and i can choose to upgrade my graphics card mm. and then have access to slightly older exclusive catalog on all the systems right like sure uh, and also with Game Pass, it's like, I don't know. I just, I, I think, um, I think my dalliance with consoles, unless, like I said, I, we somehow manage to get to a place where both of us have enough time to play some exclusive game for hours at a time together. Uh, I'm not going to do it. And like, like I said, so like the only reason I have the PS4 is because I have this exclusive game. Mm. that um i have already like i wouldn't go out of my way to buy ps4 just to and a copy of bloodborne just to maybe one day play it i have one i ha currently have the shelf space for it um i might like my landlord's jacked my rent up by like 70 quid so i might need to move wow. soon and that might not be the case um but until then uh, like I don't know. I, I the reason why Xbox Game Pass works for me is because it's on the thing I already have. Yeah. And that thing is flexible Absolutely. and it gets both libraries eventually. That's the thing, right? Mm. By making a PC tier and the fact that things eventually come to PC means I don't have to choose. There's no tribe even though it's the Xbox Game Pass, right? Completely. As long as Completely. I can wait for the one to expire and like yeah, and I get day and date of the other. Like, that's the thing that, like, no, there's no tier of PlayStation that gives me Starfield, right? 
or whatever or whatever the Xbox exclusives are. I can't remember. Start. So not not day and date. Um, you can uh, um, currently. I was just looking through the, the the games that are available on um, even on extra. So on that middle tier, you can get Horizon Forbidden West, which was a game from last year. You can get Returnal, which is a game from two years ago. Um, and there's a bunch of other games like the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, Marvel's Guardians right. of the Galaxy, Ghostwire Tokyo, which was an exclusive, uh, Back for Blood, which came out last year, Scarlet Nexus, which is several years ago. Um, all games which are available to play uh, uh, through, but nothing kind of like day and date. Mm. Um, some of those, like Back for Blood and Scarlet Nexus, available on other consoles, uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is. Um, so the the actual PlayStation exclusives, um, which are available through this kind of service, is very very limited. And right. Horizon Forbidden West, which came out on the service several months ago, and maybe roughly a year after it had kind of released as a retail product, is the most likely the quickest turnaround on one mm. of these kinds of games. And I don't know whether we'll see a bit more of that coming. You know, suddenly it's like six months and we can play. But right. there are now five or six games available on PC through Steam. Uh, PlayStation first party made games. Right. And if there was a tier, if there was PlayStation Plus and it was either the extra tier, which would probably be the best place to put it, where you could go on the remote app whatever app you want on on for to, to to get playstation stuff even if it gave you access to play those games to play the pc ports not mm. even having to stream the games but even better paying for that upper one and being able to stream everything the whole catalog which i suppose you can do on pc you can have the remote play app but you still have to have the console to be able to do that yeah I mean, it's, the, the, it, it, it's the it's the disconnect between and I think the ecosystem this is where Xbox requires have, a yes. piece of hardware in the one and it doesn't yep. in the other, right? Absolutely. This is where Xbox have made that disconnect between the two work very, very well. And I think PlayStation aren't quite there yet. Well they don't want to be, right? No, no, they're no, absolutely right. They don't want to be. Microsoft are this like middle ground where they're like, well, we own like fifty percent of the PC market anyway. Everyone's paid for Windows. Yeah. We're getting subscriptions through Word and 360 and Teams and all of these other products that we produce uh, for the PC market. How easy would it be for us to put all of our console games on PC? Very, very fucking easy. Uh, Yeah. Let's just do it. No brainer. Even if it's a bit of a loss leader to start with, as as console releases kind of are. Um, You can see kind of Xbox still putting out a box being much more the platform uh, uh, that floats between these different hardware. Whereas PlayStation, I think, are trying to, as Nintendo do, always tie themselves to a box uh, under yeah. the TV, basically. We are a console company. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that that is their message. We we sell hardware that enables you to play our magic games. Yes, yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, good. Uh, I, it's a minefield, right? If you're a new gamer and you kind of sat there thinking, "Well, what shall I do?" Just get a PC, mate. Yeah. Just get a PC. You've got access to all of the games. 
you can go on Epic Game Store, still give free games every week. And, um, and good old games sometimes still has good old games, games does well. yes you get uh, sign up to good old games because i get codes almost every day like do you want this game for like 30 percent? here's a code if you want this game for 30 percent. like yeah mm, i don't but thanks uh steam has sales all the fucking time uh wishlist as many games as you want and be notified exactly when game x goes on sale um and you can kind of pick it up you know several months after it's kind of release you have the availability, as you do on all of the consoles as well, to buy a game as it releases for mm-hmm. you know standard kind of retail price. Um, I suppose the one thing that uh, and and maybe to counter Starfield as as one of the biggest releases of the year, kind of Baldur's Gate three, right? As a as a game, I guess you just have to pay for it, right? Uh, if you want to play Baldur's Gate three, you have to pay for it. As we've had to do with games for since games existed, <laughs> essentially, mm-hmm. you want a new game, you pay for a new game, um, and subscription services can only go so far. Right? I can't imagine you're getting a huge amount of third-party games day and date uh, with the PlayStation Plus. At least it's been smaller games, smaller yep. indie games that you get, uh, like Civ Stars, uh, Cheer, um, a few other, Stray as well, uh, smaller indie games that you get day and date with their release. That just happened to be part of one of the tiers that you get, and, and that happens with Game Pass as well, quite a lot. Back for Blood, um, a game which, uh, which PlayStation are advertising as part of the PlayStation Plus Extra uh, service. Uh, Back for Blood came out day and date on Game Pass, so, mm. but both of them are trying. They're paying X amount for certain things to come out. And I think it's interesting the the, the the statements that we made at the top of the show or towards the beginning of the show on like Gamescom, not looking at these things, being able to just open up Game Pass and be like, oh, cool, this is available. I'll play that. That actually... They and these subscription services almost want people to be a bit more dialed in to what is being released because they want you to know that Stray is available day and date on yeah. PlayStation Plus Extra. And actually, rather than paying the, the, the 15 20 pounds to play it um, and own it, or at least own a digital version of the game, you could pay six quid. And here it is available for you to play for a m- the month that you have paid six pounds for. Uh, on PlayStation, or the same with with Xbox, the, the, the eight pounds that you play pay on PC to be able to play that game for the month that you have uh, kind of purchased it for. They want you to be that little bit more dialed in, I think, or it's more beneficial yeah. potentially to be a little bit more dialed in to know what is coming to services, to know where best to spend your money. Um, and I would imagine most of our listeners splitting their time between video games and beer and having two reasonably expensive hobbies to try and keep up with want to be that little bit more dialed in, I guess, with, yeah. with things. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's an interesting place, interesting space to be at the moment um, with the cost of things going up so much. It's more likely that most people are only paying for 
you know, either the subscription that they have associated with the box that they have under their TV, rather than having availability for everything, or making those decisions based on what they have available. I have a PC. I will go with Game Pass because I can get the stuff. I have a PlayStation. Yeah. Cool. I'll pay for PlayStation Plus because I can get the stuff, uh, rather than just having to wade through the minefield. I mean, this is sort of where I wish that, like, the... Um, I was hoping the streaming meant that we could stop having ecosystem-based crap, right? But Ooh. it's just not the case. Now, suddenly, it's like, we could... We're, the streaming part is, like, technologically agnostic, right? But yeah. PlayStation's like, no, but... Because but, nothing's doing the processing in your house. It's processing a stream. Any yep. computer could do that, right? So it's like, yes, optimize that for the PlayStation. Maybe there's a mild, like, I'm not going to pretend like it's perfect, but like, you, you, it's not a thing. So mm-hmm. To be honest, we know it's not a thing because PlayStation Now, RIPD, um, was a thing that was originally streaming to the PC. And it was this back catalog that's locked behind top tier PlayStation, whatever. And yep. like, that's how they tested it out because it's a lot easier to test out on just generic. PC environment, and then they're like, okay, now we'll figure out how to make it work for our PS4 and our PS5. And it's like, you're missing the point. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. It, it should just be subscribed to our catalog, five bucks. Yeah. I would probably have yeah. both. That's the dumb thing. Mm. We're not going to spend 16 bucks and have to have a dedicated hardware to subscribe to a catalog on the pretense that I might do it. Yeah, completely. Completely. And if you now want to buy into the PlayStation ecosystem and you want to have the full experience, you are paying for a £400 console. You are paying for a £400 VR headset. You are paying £120 every year for a catalogue, not including four big releases a year at £70 uh, a year for those first-party exclusive games if you want to pay them, but play them on the day that they release so again another mm. uh, another 280 quid kind of up front through the year so so like it just it builds and it builds and builds and as even as ghost Flu says um you know i imagine jokingly uh, earlier in the chat saying about a, a 10k pc i mean you just you can have that and you never have to actually worry about it again right you just buy a 10k pc you're like i'm good for like 10 years now i don't need to worry about stuff stuff isn't gonna jump that quickly uh uh, through stuff you know you might buy a new monitor potentially to be able to see 8k or 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 whatever it is that you kind of want but you know what's a what's a high-end pc these days realistically five grand Maybe even maybe even a little bit lower than that, four grand, yeah. something like that. Oh, I would say less. Pick up. Yeah. So it's it's you start to get into PlayStation, and actually you're five years into PlayStation, and you've spent like two two thousand pounds, and you still have a very limited catalog of games to yeah. be able to play. You spent the same on a PC, and the world is your oyster. You can play whatever you fucking want because everything comes yeah. to PC. It might not look as pretty. But you didn't have to upgrade. I think that's exactly. like a reasonable exactly. place. And when you do upgrade, suddenly you can go back to those games and make them prettier. Actually prettier, especially yes. with mods and stuff. Yeah. You're like, once you get that new shiny bit of kit, you're like, oh, this old thing, better. In a way that like you don't have that option. Yeah. Yeah. 
very much. Um, and, and Ghost Roof, you mentioned the Switch. I think the Switch lives in a very separate space. Um, not maybe so much now with the Steam Deck, um, but it, it it did, at least. Um, and even with PlayStation's now want for the, the Portal, I think they're calling it, uh, which is the handheld, but is tied again and is only remote play with a console. It is not a Vita 2. It is not a separate unit. You have to have a PlayStation 5 to be able to use it. They're tying you into buying the box to then have that second screen experience. Again, mm. 200 300 pounds for that. Uh, all of the headsets, all of the premium headsets and stuff like that. This cost just racks up and up and up and up and up as you go. Um, so, bit of a downer to finish the episode out on and the hmm. ridiculous oh. cost of things well, when everything that... else is going up in cost as well and everyone having that little bit less disposable income to be able to lean into these uh, uh, sort of entertainment products. I mean, what I can say hmm. uh, is rather than just talking about the downer, I will say that tomorrow I'm off to the Leeds Craft Beer Festival. Oh, amazing. With some nice. friends here from Durham, so uh, this was my topic, which is, I'm going to a beer festival. I can't say anything else until next week, because I haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it is it, sort of a mark of, one, finding a good community of people who also love craft beer here has been great. Yes. But also, uh, this last year, where it, since I've moved to the northeast of England, I've you know been really busy and haven't done as much exploration and i'm really looking forward to seeing more of what the north um and just this area the country general generally has to offer craft beer wise and and like uh yeah just really looking forward to seeing this side of craft beer instead of just you know craft beer as tins in the odd that you know the one or two places in in durham which is a small mm. town uh which um sells them and like one of the places that used to be really good for really interesting and like non-overlapping with the places I go in town was the uh, bottle shop that was in Newcastle train station. Okay. Fine. It has since closed because the oh, guy yeah. who ran it, it was his like retirement kind of fun thing. And he's like, the lease came up. I'm old. I'm retiring. So it didn't shut down because of Pandini. It didn't shut down because it wasn't doing well. It shut down because the guy was like, I don't really want to renew the lease because I don't really want to do it for X more years. It's time for Fair. me to stop. Yes. Which, yes. all the power to him, but also, oh, that sucks because he had such a unique grab bag of like, he just got beers that the other places I know of didn't. Yep. Say I love you. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking nice. forward to... Nice. Um, give give um, if you have the opportunity. Give I think Stephen, um, previous guest on the podcast, Points of Brew, is off to Leeds Craft. Oh really? As well. I'm oh, pretty up. sure yeah. I saw him mention that he might be. Um, Leeds Craft Beer Festival I think is one of the bigger ones. Um, yeah. So the way it works, it's like so a fifteen many... quid admission, but then you buy the beers for. Two you buy the beers. Yes, yes. Unlike like the Bristol Craft Beer Festival, which we went to, which was a, a forty odd pound all in ticket. Yeah. Um, you have uh, um, Hop City. You've got London. You've got loads and loads uh, of craft festivals, all operating on a slightly different model as well. Maybe that's a topic for a, a, a different day after you've experienced Leeds, to see how that experience has kind of uh, shaken out over the next couple of days for you. Um, but for this week, we will finish here. Um, do you have final thoughts 
on either of the drinks that you've had this evening? Oh. I liked them both for very different reasons. Uh, I I would say track down the 999 gram per liter thing for a very interesting, viscous, juicy... Uh, like, if you were curious... I think... That I, can't, I can't remember the words of flavor text, but if you were curious what, like, the essence of... Uh, Vault City is this is very much it, which is like sure. a beer that doesn't taste like beer, tastes like the thing, is very interesting, refreshing, um, not over the top in a way that you might think, given reading the tin. Mm. Uh, really good. Um, would I have three in a row? No. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then similarly, this this Abbeydale's experiment with these um, hop waters, fucking fine one. It, it's not only unique, it's just very refreshing, and I think a like I said, like we've had ups and downs with alcohol-free beers over the years, and like this just represents a very interesting alternative, which is it's not beer, but it is flavored water. I think the fact that they have the lemon juice in there gives it like that zesty crispness. I'd be curious if they pick other juices with different hops, or whether that just like that level of acidity um, just makes sense with just that refreshing taste you get i mean there's a reason why lemon water is a thing right there's a reason why i say like when i make mm. a soda stream at home i put lemon juice or lime juice or both um but it has that it's so unique tasting that hoppiness without any sense of beer right uh it's very good and refreshing i would have this a lot i'd have this like as a standard i'm not in the mood for a beer or i don't want to have that many i might start the night with one or two and then be like ah maybe i'll have a beer at the end of the night you know like be able to Pace myself without just having water or yes. a soft drink. I like that yeah. it's not a soft drink in the traditional sense of like having sugar and crap. And it's not because they've like Coke zeroed it. It's because the thing doesn't have sugar because it just those aren't <laughs> the ingredients, right? Yeah. Yeah, fair. Good. Um, I enjoyed both my beers. Uh, I think a little more the pills, um, even though maybe I wasn't quite getting the exact flavor because i'm a little bit bunged up uh, uh and, mm-hmm. and stuff uh, not quite getting the nose of things both very nice beers um and uh beers produced as part of uh kind of a collaboration for um less than giant's birthday um there were a bunch of them i think about six or seven in the um in the in the box shop so it'd be good to go back and see what the other beer styles are from the other collaborations because uh, uh, Pressure Drop, amazing at producing beers around that lager kind of header, you know, the different styles that are in kind of lager. And, and some of the best pills I've had have come from Pressure Drop. Um, Gamma, I'm not as au fait with. Um, is IPA their thing? I don't know. It, it's definitely less than a giant's thing. And it was mm. a good beer. Um, didn't quite deliver as well as the the pills, I would say. Um, a nice beer, but not quite as hitting and not quite as flavorful as the pills. Um, so, uh, two nice beers from quality, quality breweries. Um, that definitely has me thinking... I need to go back to the shop that had these beers in, uh, rather than just picking the three cans of Arbor or Wiper and True that I have had several times now. Uh, uh, the ease of being able to go around the corner and picking up good beer and having the same good beer, or the same breweries at least, the same brewed beer, hmm. uh, necessarily the same breweries, kind of 
whenever I fancy it. Actually, just venturing out that a little bit more. And and well, was it last week or the week before where I had the Cloudwater version fourteen, the Dipper, uh, the version fourteen, because they decided to bring back the double IPA series, um, mm. which was phenomenal. Really, really good beer. Just shows. Go out, have a look for the beers that you want. You know, travel that little bit to find stuff. Have experiences like Adel is about to have, going to different beer festivals and experiencing what that has to offer, irrelevant of their kind of uh, monetary models and, and those kinds of things. You know, do whatever within your own means, I suppose, um, to be able to do that kind of thing. So, maybe a more positive note to finish the episode out on than the gaming subscription services discussion. Uh, if you want to get hold of us and let us know what you think about any of the things that we've talked about tonight, we are at Tanked Up Cast on all of the socials. You can also go to outoflives.net to look at our faces and the beers that we have been drinking this evening, as well as the Out of Lives Network YouTube page as well. Uh, rate and review us in your podcast service of choice because it's always helpful to have those updates, especially the podcast which is now about seven years old and Oof. doesn't have the the youth the youth of all of those like 50 to 100 uh, uh rabid fans behind mm. it for a you know popular person launching a new project uh, um, we very much appreciate any time you can give to giving us feedback um if you want to shout us directly i'm at nova underscore 47 adelis at the Omniarch. Um, and I think that's all of the places. They're the beers that we've drank. They're the games that we haven't played but we've been discussing. Uh, Adol, as I did with Lucy last week, have you got anything you want to finish the episode out on? Uh, yeah, uh, what I can say is um, my week, uh, my last guest hosting, well, my second last week, guest hosting week at um, Glass Onion Minute came mm. out two weeks ago. Nice. I think. Uh, if you um, <laughs> you can tell which when my week starts by just looking at the run times because it goes 24, 32, 58, 54, hour and 18. Uh, I managed to talk at length with Ollie Brady, a good friend of mine uh, on the internet, um, about um, one minute of the film Glass Onion, but yet we spend almost an hour each episode, and on the final episode where we get to talk spoilers, we go an hour and 20. Uh, oh, brilliant. If that sounds like your cup of tea, check out Glass Onion Minute uh, on your podcast uh, app of choice. Nice. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it yet, um, but I, I almost feel um, especially like a, uh, a bit of a um, revival for our other podcast that we dabbled in talking Loki about TV season shows. Two. Um, no, not like you seem to. I've no, just watched. I've just watched the One Piece, uh, Netflix. Oh, series. interesting. I've only watched ten minutes of it. Okay, and I, I watched hundreds of episodes of that anime before not having the time. Okay, interesting because I watched ten minutes of the anime and then never watched it again. Hmm. So it'd be interesting to get our thoughts on. Yeah, I've, uh, I've actually also been thinking about how um, Thingy Thing might need a. Re- uh, revival uh, mm. thingy thing being Geek, Geek Out, Out Weekly, Weekly. <laughs> yeah. um, thanks uh, yeah actually to be honest it's this Glass Onion Minute um, mm. podcast I'm like oh man I just like talking about movies and shit and Stop. I can talk 
If I can talk for an hour and 18 minutes about one minute of film, I can probably manage to talk about a season or an episode of a thing for 25 or Absolutely. whatever we were doing, Absolutely. right? Like, yes. Uh, so I'm hoping to, yeah, we should talk off air about what that means. And I think maybe, um, you know, assuming I have any stability in my employment, etc. Um, <laughs> also forgot I never finished topping this up because it... Oh, do it now. Oh, go away, go away, off air and finish the rest of that yeah, juicy, um, juicy. But thing. we should talk because I think the key there is maybe guests and yeah, uh, maybe bi-weekly instead of weekly. Absolutely. Geek out bi-weekly is a almost more entertaining um, sequel season. Sounds, sounds like a very different show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, cool. Uh, thank you very much for joining us this week. We've been tagged up. We'll see you very soon. Goodbye. Bye www.outoflives.net